Can we officially say the Mariners are buyers? What could a deal with the Cardinals look like? And what are the consequences of signing Shohei Otani? We'll answer that and more coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Petnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial. Check out the show. A link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. Hope everyone is doing well. We're going to be going through our mailbag today. We'll also be announcing the winner of our JP for ASG giveaway later on, so be sure to stick around for that. Uh, But let's get into these questions. We're going to start here with good vibes mostly. What kind of personnel sacrifices would need to be made to allow Otani to sign with Seattle? Colby, where we're going to have to talk about it at some point. So, what do you think? None, because Otani's not signing with Seattle. Um, let's just be clear about this. You, you expected him to badmouth his host? Really? That's, yeah, okay. Otani's going to be like, nah, I don't really like it here. It stinks. Like, no, I'm not. Of course, he's going to say nice things about Seattle while he's in Seattle. Uh, in terms of what would need to be sacrificed, like, this winter, not a lot. Uh, most of your guys are, you know, making below market uh, anyways, and and you're uh, pretty well below the luxury tax threshold. So even if you are giving Otani $60 million, you, you should be fine. You don't have to sacrifice anything. Maybe you trade like Gino or something like that to just try and clear some space or maybe Seawald. Um, but you're not. You're, prob- you know, you're probably out on bringing back Teoscar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, you're not sacrificing a, a ton this winter. Uh, it's what you're sacrificing down the road because Julio's the real money in Julio's contract hasn't kicked in yet. Uh, Castillo, again, you still owe him, you know, $25 million a year. You're going to owe Robbie Ray's definitely opting into his contract now. So you're going to owe him 25 million. So yeah, I think down the road, two, three years down the road, you're basically foregoing any shot to extend uh, Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. Maybe you can get one of them done, but you're probably not getting both. So that's that's a pretty big gap. You're definitely not getting Cal Raleigh done, and, and that's may or may not be a guy you want to get done anyways. Um, so yeah, you're pretty much done on the, uh, the major free agent front, which is something we've seen play out here in Seattle before, uh, you know, when the, the macho quattro or whatever they call them, the, the four big uh, free agents took up, you know, 120 million of the $180 million payroll. Um, that ownership group wouldn't spend anymore. And part of that ownership group was John Stanton. So we'll see if you get Otani, that's, that's your big shot. And then the rest of the time, you're just, you're trading for Gene Segura, you're trading for D Gordon, you're doing what they did back in 2016, you know, when Jerry first got here, mm-hmm. um, which, worked and also didn't work kind of depends right. on how you look at it so yeah i don't think you're sacrificing too much in the in the short term but again otani's contract is going to be like 10 to 15 years so you're going to sacrifice quite a bit in the long run including george kirby logan gilbert cal raleigh uh probably jared kelmick at some point although 
Kelnick's six years away from from you know free agency, so that's not a huge deal. Uh, but yeah, you're going to sacrifice quite a bit uh, in the long term. Uh, yeah, the major difference between now and when you had you know Cruz and Cano et cetera on the books is your farm is in a much healthier spot. So maybe you can aim higher than the D Gordons and Ryan Healy's of the world to and, supplement your roster. But right, and and Julio and and Otani are leaps and bounds better than Cruz, yeah. Cano, Seager, and, and Felix. Right. So. Right. So there's obviously that. Um, we had a lengthy discussion about this on our Patreon a couple of days ago. Uh, for me, really, like we know that they are going to pursue this to some degree this winter. Like that's without question. Um, but if they are going to get very, very real about signing Otani, and if I'm Jerry Depoto, I have to have a serious conversation with John Stanton, and I need some guarantees because basically. Jerry is hinging his job on this. If they were to sign Otani, that is the job-defining move for Jerry Depoto. So I need guarantees from Stanton that he's willing to expand payroll so I can extend guys like George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, etc. Now, you know, you mentioned Ray. His deal will be over after 2026. That's a year after uh, Julio's money starts to kick in. Uh, Gino will come off the books after 2024. Four, uh, I think is the first out. Twenty twenty five is there's a I think it's a mutual option, but if it's a yeah. club option, it'll come off after next year. Uh, Any other option will be twenty twenty five. Marco, you know, will come off the books here next pretty year. quick, but that's not a ton of money. Uh, but it's that like is twelve million bucks. That is a little you know dent in it. Yeah. Um, but with that as well, right? There are other guys that are going to start making arbitration, like Logan Gilbert like mm-hmm. George Kirby and those with the way that those two guys are pitching right now, once they get into ARB two, ARB three, that's going to get expensive. Right. Um, Gilbert, by the way, is going to have four years of ARB. He'll be a right. super two this winter. So yeah, by the time he gets to ARB, you know, he's going to make his first $3 million or $4 million this winter. So in two winters, he'll probably be up making 15 million, give or take, assuming he continues to pitch this well. So yeah, uh, those guys, they're coming up. Kirby's going to be ARB eligible after next season. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's expensive, you know? Yeah. So again, I, you know, if I'm Jerry DePoto, I need, you know, and, and if I'm Justin Hollander as well, I need guarantees from Stanton that he's willing to expand payroll beyond the $180 million that he's so far shown, you know, to be his cap right in the past. I mean, so right now they're, they're, competitive balance tax is closer to 200 million right so it's payroll isn't payroll i i'm more so talking about flat pay you know like how we see payroll 26 man roster yeah 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 how we generally talk about payroll um and look you know that's not necessarily because i i need to go out and add another 300 million dollar contract after otani you don't need to do that to build a world series contender around julio and and otani and kirby etc uh but you know i i have to be able to keep those guys uh i have to be able to still add you know complementary pieces here and there i still have to have the freedom to be able to go and do that so that's the only way that it really makes sense for me uh, but we know for a fact that they are going to go after Otani. We'll see how aggressive uh, they get and how real that possibility becomes in the winter. But uh, but yeah, I I think that the Mariners will be 
really uh, truly aggressive on Otani. I think that they will put forth more than just a PR effort into signing him. And I do think Otani yeah. does have Seattle on his short list of two or three teams that he would consider. The issue is, is that the Dodgers are probably number one on his list and the Dodgers are probably going to put forth the most aggressive offer for him anyway. So you kind of have right. two things going against you, but yeah. Uh, the other thing some... though is like, we don't really know what Otani wants. Like we, we think we know what Otani no, wants, but I think, I think we have a, a fairly good idea. Like it's hard to paint a scenario where Otani is going to pick Seattle over the Dodgers. I'm not even really talking about that. I'm like, does he consider New York now? Right. I know that you think that he wants Maybe. to stay on the West coast, but like, does yeah, he consider know. going out that way? If the money is there, you know, or at least to How expand m- his market, does he entertain those teams? I don't, I don't think, I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows more about being used as leverage than the city of Seattle. Right. So yeah, that's always a possibility. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, there are consequences down the road to signing Otani and, and you have to decide or Jerry and Justin have to decide, is it worth it? Mm. And they might think the answer is yes. And if they do, we'll see, but that's going to require a commitment from Stanton uh, that if Jerry comes to them next July, after they sign Otani and they say, we need 3 million more dollars to trade for this guy. Stanton's not going to go. No, we're already at 200 million. Like we're out no more money. That's we need what I'm to, worried about. We need to move on here real quick, but the just real fast, the reason why I bring up, you know, leverage or the possibility of him using other teams as leverage is because I think whatever deal he ends up signing is going to be uh incentive laden, at least to a certain degree, based on, you know, at bats and innings pitched down the road. Because any team that is gonna, you know, offer him a 10, 11 million, you know, year deal is going to have to know if or is going to have to have some sort of safety net in case he ends up only doing one of the two things if he only you know hits or if he only pitches you know five years into the contract um you know so we'll see it's going to be a really complicated situation Uh, and it's one that's definitely going to take some time i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't end up signing until like january because of just how Mm -hmm. complicated the contract situation is going to be um because this is this is unprecedented. We've never seen someone like this at the market. Yeah. One other thing I would say, and really fast, I think Otani is going to make multiple visits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think he's just going to sit down and say, "Yep, I'm going to sign here." Blah. I think he's probably going to go to the Dodgers. He's probably going to visit, you know, an East Coast team. He's probably going to visit the Rangers. He's probably going to visit the Mariners or San Francisco or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think this one will get dragged out a little bit. For sure. For sure. So. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of hand-wringing uh, during the off-season, so we'll see how it goes. All right, we got more questions coming up here in just a moment, but first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy baseball? I am. One of times your money by 100? Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to 8-pick contests. Choose as many as 8 players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you can win big. Making your picks is easy and takes only 30 seconds or less. And if you win, you can withdraw your payout safe and quickly. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Baseball is back tomorrow. It's been a rough 
few days without the Mariners. But thankfully, they are back tomorrow. They're playing the Tigers. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast, <laughs> SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, before we get into more of your questions, uh, time to announce the winner of our JP for ASG giveaway. Of course, Colby is giving away a signed Luis Castillo card. We ask you guys to help us out and try and get JP Crawford into the All-Star game. Uh, we did not accomplish that. However, we uh, we saw a great response from you guys, both on Twitter and via email. And our winner comes via email. Tim Pizik? Pizik? Not sure Isaac. how to pronounce Pizik. Yep. Uh, so, Tim, congratulations on winning. I know Colby has already reached out to you to get you squared away and get you your card. So, yeah, congratulations. Now, folks, we got another giveaway coming up pretty soon here. We're going to announce that on Monday, and you guys definitely, definitely want to get involved in that, especially if you want to see the Mariners play towards the end of this month. But uh, more details on that on Monday. All right. Let's hop back into these questions here. Andy wants to know, how does the loss of Max Weiner affect the development of pitching in the minors? Feels like he was a pretty important piece in our system. Colby. Yeah, the unfortunate answer to this is I don't know. Um, now, Max Weiner was a huge uh, part of this this organization, and it, it is a loss. There's really no no question about that. How much of one? I don't know, because what matters now is who you bring in to replace him. Uh, so obviously, you know, that's one of Jerry right now, since he's in charge of everything, that's one of his biggest, uh, you know, priorities is to find somebody he trusts. And I'm sure he has a couple guys in mind already. Um, we'll see if they go outside the org, like they did with the new player development director, Justin tool, um, or if they promote from within, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they, what they do there. But, uh, yeah, the, the simple truth of the matter is, I don't know how, if or when this affects the the Mariners development system, because I don't have that information to, to share uh, with you guys, because as, as much as I know, you know, that Max Wiener is respected and he is an industry, like across the industry, he is well-respected and, and mm-hmm. there there's nobody who doesn't think this isn't some kind of big loss for Seattle, but how much right. so I don't know, because it kind of depends on who they bring in to replace them and whether, it doesn't really matter who they bring in. I'm not going to know enough to tell you guys right. whether it's, you know, a, a massive downgrade or not. So right. it's, the unfortunate answer is I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, same. Um, but just speaking on him, you know, specifically, yeah, it is a big loss because uh, he was very clearly instrumental in the development of, uh, yep. you know, their pitching prospects. And uh, we, We've seen how that's played out at the big league level now with uh, guys like Bryce Miller and Brian Wu and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. So, yeah. All right. Next question here comes from Scott. In your view, are there any tradable prospects in the system? I know it's dependent upon the price, but don't feel like anyone is untouchable right now, even Ford and Young. You would be correct. Everyone has price. Yes. The question was asked, is there anybody untradable in the system, not tradable? Um, So, Ty, you said tradable uh did i yes but either way at the end of the day the answer yes everybody is tradable so therefore no nobody is untradable absolutely not there are no untouchables in the system um there's probably only three or four untouchables in in, on the 26 man roster uh so yeah 
Jerry and Justin are going to use every avenue they they have to try and get better. And um, yeah, there, there's nobody in the system that shouldn't be on the block for the right player. So no, they're no. The Mariners haven't had an untouchable prospect. I mean, aside from Julio in about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, probably since Felix, um, mm-hmm. you know, some close guy, Kalnick, Gilbert, pretty close to untouchable, but no, no. Everybody in that system is is fair game. Yep. There's a price for everyone. I'm going to roll the tapes back, though. I'm pretty sure I said untradeable. Maybe you just didn't hear it. We know you're not going to, though. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. Alex wants to know, what's the most likely trade between the Cardinals and the Mariners? Colby, you and I are going to dive into this mm. a bit more on the uh, on our Patreon show. No, today. no, 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 no. Don't mislead ATZ people. 160. Yes, don't mislead people, though, because the trade we're going to talk about today is not likely at all, let alone the most likely. But it is between the Mariners well, and the Cardinals. We're not just talking about that, though. Though I have an, Are we? I have an even crazier trade idea that Ooh, I thought of today. Interesting. For the, okay. But for the offseason, for the offseason, not okay. for, for now. Well, we're kind of in. Okay, whatever. We'll get to it. I just I just want um, to talk about listen, it just to get sure. it out there. Until the open, I, yeah. I tease this on Twitter, by the way, and we have gotten like four or five new free trials, which you yeah. guys can sign up for. Patreon.com slash control the zone, um, which you can listen to this this, show, the, this episode that's coming out today and decide if you want to participate. But yes, yeah, so people are interested in this in this crazy but also somewhat sensible trade that we're going to talk about uh mm-hmm. today but it's not likely so it doesn't fall into you know what alex's question so um start with the obvious caveat that no trade in the history of the world is ever likely to happen sure. that's just the reality <sighs> i don't know we, we talked about this as well i don't think the cardinals are as clean of a trade fit as in this case, Morosi seems to think because I don't think that it makes sense to trade Brian Wu or Bryce no. Miller for any of their bats, any of them. That includes Lars Newbar, that includes Nolan Gorman. I don't think that's a smart. I don't think that's a good decision by the Mariners. So, what's most likely to happen if they made a trade? Probably somebody like Paul DeYoung or somebody yeah, like uh, Carlson, who is you know just. Yeah, a solid everyday player about at league average bat helps you defensively, but not going to cost like he's going to cost you farm farm system guys, not major leaguers. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think DeYoung is probably the most likely and I would throw Carlson in there. Uh, we've heard that the Mariners like him and I was looking at his numbers last night. He's 25 years old or 24 years old. He'll t- turn 25 shortly. Uh, former top prospect, which we know Jerry loves. He's got major league seasoning, another thing Jerry loves, but he hasn't quite taken off. He's just kind of seems like he's just an average major leaguer, um, at least through what is now his third full season in St. Louis. So one of those two guys seems most likely. Uh, also, Jordan Montgomery uh, is the guy that I could definitely see uh, being swapped because he makes sense for the Mariners as well. So, yeah, I'm sorry if you're hoping for a Lars Newbar for Brian Wu trade, but I don't think that's likely at all. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Um, and, and I would agree with you that that you know I don't have a structure, a trade structure in mind, but I think most likely player from the Cardinals to get dealt to Seattle would be Paul DeYoung right now. If I yeah. had to put money on it, yeah, yep. And I think you know most likely player to go from the Mariners to St. Louis, probably Hancock would be my yes. guess. But yeah, I don't think DeYoung would cost Hancock. No, I don't either. Yeah, uh, DeYoung and. Because he's got, he's got two more years of club control left, but he mm-hmm. is 
at best an average major leaguer. Yeah. And, you know, Hancock is probably at best a number four starter. Um, but maybe like that would just feel like you're selling low on Hancock for the sake of it. I mean, you're higher on Hancock than I am, but, um, I think, you know, maybe D young and Montgomery for Hancock straight up, maybe something like that, but maybe, yeah, I think D young is going to be a little bit cheaper. Yeah. All right, we got a few more questions coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, I hate shopping for summer clothes. I just want to be comfortable, no matter if I'm at the ballpark, back at home, recording an episode of Locked On M's. Oftentimes, though, I find myself settling for clothes that feel cheap, tight, and restricting and make me sweat in all the wrong places. Gross. I know. Thankfully, Bird Dogs has me, and therefore you, and Colby covered their wide selection of insanely comfortable shorts joggers sweatpants polos and more have me ready for any occasion this summer throws my way i mean who doesn't love stretchy fabric and built-in underwear it's time to look good feel good and play good this summer go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler with your order look it's this one right here that i use all the time on the show that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free yeti style tumbler and you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen again. Mariners, Tigers, tomorrow night, catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. All right, let's get back into these questions here on a rare mailbag Thursday. Gregory wants to know, how much stock should we put into Scott Boris's comments this past week on the Mariners and difficulty signing free agents? Colby, I know you would love to talk about this zero scott boris is mad that the mariners won't give him more money than his client is worth oh no who would have ever guessed he'd have a negative opinion of seattle it's nothing on on top of that you know there are hardly any scott boris clients in the mariners organization right now i think cal cal raleigh Raleigh, maybe maybe a couple others i don't i don't keep up with who yeah I don't keep up with who everyone's agent is, to be fair, but yeah, I think it might only be Cal Raleigh. The uh, overwhelming and, odds are that nobody gives Scott Boris less money in Major League Baseball than the Mariners, and that is why they're not serious about winning. It's not because they're not out here trying to win, and it's not because they haven't won in the last two years and are poised right. to do it again for a third year. It's because they're not giving his clients money, so they're not serious about right. winning. Well. You know, Colby, obviously the Rockies were very serious about winning when they signed Chris Bryant after they let Trevor Story walk for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Scott Boris is Scott Boris cares about one thing and one thing only his legacy. I want to be the super agent. I'm the best agent that's ever lived. So if you don't give me money, I'm going to bash you to the national media. I don't care. Right. I don't care. And he so, has his finger on the pulse of pretty much everything. And he knows that, uh, you know, what the reputation of the Mariners is right now. And, you know, what a comment like that could could do. Right. It's <laughs> not going to help. It's not going to make the Mariners want to sign Boris agents or Boris players right. um, more. I'll tell you that much. So, no, you don't. You don't. Scott Boris is a lot like, you know, uh, cable network news. Just ignore it. Like it's it's there with an agenda. It's not factual it's you're not giving me money so i'm going to trash talk you also another thing to keep in mind 
one of the few Boris clients as of late in Seattle, you say Kikuchi, they declined their four year option on mm-hmm. him, you know? So there, there's been a lot of, um, splitting up between these two sides. James Paxson is another guy that that's a Boris client, you know? So just, there's a lot of context here to, to consider when, uh, when looking at these comments from Boris. Yeah. It's a nothing burger. Dennis wants to know, do you think it's official that we are buyers at the trade deadline? I feel like all signs point to yes. If so, who do you think the teams will be in talks with and for who look, I don't think they're buyers based off of what they do the rest of the way, right? I think they're going to buy no matter what because they're in a position to contend next year whether or not they make the playoffs this year, right? Because of just where their roster is. They're one of those teams, like, like if they don't make the playoffs, they're one of those teams like the Padres, the Mets, et cetera. Very different structures of their roster, but still where their rosters currently are they're in a better position to just retool and go after it again next year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Mariners uh, are, even if they lose seven of the next 10, which please God don't, but if they do, uh, they're still going to go into the deadline trying to add probably, uh, you know, a club controlled bat and maybe some pitching. You know, they might take a flyer on a reliever that they like because Jerry DePoto always does that, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I still think that they're going to add some pieces to the major league roster, no matter what happens. Yeah, um, yeah, that they're gonna buy somewhat. They might buy and sell a little, but they're gonna yeah. buy something or some things. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely buyers in some sense. In terms of, are they gonna be like the super aggressive on Jameer Candelario if they lose seven of the next ten? No, probably not. No, doesn't mean they're not gonna try and go get a controllable bat or, or you know, maybe even a, a guy who's you know club controlled through next year, maybe a, a starter or something like that. Yeah, they're gonna try to do that. So yeah, they're buyers. Um, very little yeah. doubt about. They could that. still go out and trade for like Paul DeYoung because Paul DeYoung yeah, is controlled the, beyond this year, right? Yeah. And he's probably you know there's your second baseman for next year at least in theory. So right. yeah, it's just, just one of those things. If they're not buying for 2023, they're still trying to buy for 2024. So they'll be buyers. All right, last question of the day comes from Andy, who uh, asked the question earlier. Let's say it's the off season and you want to trade Emerson Hancock, ignoring team fit. Uh, who are some uh, positional players that you think are roughly the same value as Hancock? Um, it's kind of a difficult question to ask because, I mean, one, we don't really know how Hancock is valued around the league. Uh, but I I still like a trade that, Colby, you brought up during the offseason, actually. Uh, a swap between the Orioles and the Mariners where the Mariners would get, um, uh, forgetting his name all of a sudden, second baseman, not Connor Kobe Norby. Mayo. Connor Norby. Thank you. I always mix him up with, with Kobe Mayo. Uh, so yeah, Connor Norby and uh, Emerson Hancock kind of yeah. wonder if that's, that would be a possibility. Yeah, you're probably looking at a prospect swap. Um, because I don't, again, I don't know what, what Hancock is valued at. I will say the closest trade that I found over the last couple off seasons and keep in mind the last couple off seasons have not been normal. Um, but the closest one I found was that the, the Rangers were able to pack it or sorry, uh, the Rangers were able to get a couple of prospects for, uh, for one year of Lance Lynn. And the lead prospect of that was Dane Dunning. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of Emerson Hancock, like in terms of value. Uh, so that netted them one year of Lance Lynn. They had to, they had to tack on a a pretty decent prospect, 
also, but not like a, a you know mega prospect. So, and I don't know who's the equivalent of Lance Lynn, the position player. I don't know, um, but that's probably you're probably trading Hancock for one year of a guy. Um, maybe it's another Teoscar Hernandez, like Hancock for a year of Teoscar. It kind of depends on how the cl- how other clubs value Hancock and how the Mariners do as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure the Mariners don't love the idea of trading you know, Hancock for a one-year guy, but sometimes that's what the market dictates. So yeah, I, I think you're either doing it for like another similar prospect at a different position, or you're doing it for probably a, a one-year Teoscar Hernandez type of bat, I, I think is probably the most you can hope to get for Hancock this, this uh, winter, but who knows? Maybe somebody falls in love with him. Definitely possible. Yeah. It's it's certainly possible, especially, you know, with how much of a premium is put on pitching. You just, you'd never know. And maybe there's yep. someone out there that still thinks, and again, I know you're going to roll your eyes at the at this, but maybe there's someone out there that still thinks that uh, Hancock's the number three, that he still has that ceiling. So that's the case. Then, uh, you know, maybe there's a deal there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I feel... Look, if the Mariners continue to win, if they're in a position where they they start to get like aggressive and they they're actually looking to add impact rentals, uh, I think Hancock's gone for sure. I, I don't think Hancock is going to survive uh, the dead uh, the deadline in Seattle. Yeah, um, if that's the case. Yeah, he's the top ten prospect most likely to be dealt. Yeah, um, that's my opinion. But you know, again, we'll see because the Mariners kind of need pitching depth right now. So if they're not getting a starter back this summer. They might have to hold on to Hancock because they are going to need some innings. Um, not for Bryce Miller, by the way. Stop asking us that. Bryce Miller is not on an innings cap, okay? If it is, it's like 160 because he threw 133 last year, and he's at 80 this year. He's got 80 more innings left. By the time he makes his next start, there's going to be fewer than 70 games to play. That's like 15 starts at five innings apiece. Mm. He's not on an innings limit. Stop. Brian Wu, they will have to replace. Bryce Miller, if he's healthy and producing, he's going to be in the rotation for the rest of the year. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. Same at for our new Threads account as well. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, the Mariners are back tomorrow. You can catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. Happy to have baseball back. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you next time. Peace.